Hello, and welcome to Revengers Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, with your host, Christina Zellin. In this episode of Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, I'll be discussing Moon Knight. This is just a friendly reminder that you guys can go and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Reventures Friends from Words to get sneak peeks and some behind the scenes of how I make these lovely episodes for you guys. As always, we are going to start off with the plot. Overall plot of the story is Stephen Grant and Mark Spector are going up against Arthur Harrow to stop him from leasing the Egyptian goddess Amit. It's also a journey to see if Steven and Mark can find a way to live together and to be a team. Yeah. It's basically just, <laughs> it's a, it's like a, they're like an old married couple together. They just go back and forth bickering for a while. And then they realize how much they actually need each other and love each other. And then they finally just become this great team and they work together and it's really cute. And their reunions want to make you ball your eyes out. I know it made me ball my eyes out both times that they hugged. And it was great. It was fantastic. I love this show very, very much. Even though we had like brand new characters and like a whole new realm of people to deal with and like everything like that. Like the villain was new, the characters are new, the heroes are new. It's like, I loved it. It was great. For like not knowing any of these characters prior to the show, they did a very, very good job of introducing them. And I just loved it. It, it was just a great, it was just a great show. It had like the action, it had the humor, it had like the love interest. It had the setting up for like, potentially a second season, which they better give it to us now. It was great. I just love the show. Okay. We're, that's just pretty much the overall plot and premise of said show. Now we're going to get into it with the powerful scenes. First one was when I think, I think we all think, we first saw Jake in episode one with Steven, air quotes, killing Harold's henchman. It's like the first time Steven really like blacked out and you just see his bodies just all around him. He's like, what in the world did I just do? But not me. That was definitely Jake. I don't think Mark even, I mean, he's killed people, but I don't think Mark would just blatantly just leave a scene like that. I don't know. I feel, I feel like Mark's a much more clean mercenary than Jake is. Jake does not care about what the scene looks like after or if people know he did it. Like if people know that he did it. Jake does not care. Um, another one was like when Steven let Mark take control of like his body for like the first time that I guess he's knowing of, like to become Moon Knight and fight off the the jackal. That was cool because he just like I wasn't sure like le- like going into the first episode that we'd even acknowledge that Moon Knight was a hero or we'd get to like see him at all. So I thought it was kind of cool that we that they like teased him at the end of it and we kind of like got to see what would happen if Steven was backed against the corner and what this other per- what this other person could do if they took over and let them have control of the body and have bring out a conchu ceremonial armor from the temple not psycho colonel Sanders. Another one was meeting Layla for the first time and hearing about her and Mark's backstory. They have a very interesting relationship, to say the least. Like, there's definitely, it's not, when we, like, I'm not saying now. When they first met them, like, <laughs> Layla freaking thought Mark was dead. And she literally had, like, a burner phone 
in Mark slash Steven's apartment in case she ever needed to find him again. So obviously the two of them were very close before and they were definitely doing some dangerous stuff if she thought he was dead, they had a burner phone, like she was able to track his phone to find where he is. So they obviously have a very complex relationship to say the least, but it just sucks that the way that they met and like the reason that they met and Layla was furious, like she was pissed to find out that the only reason that they met was because Mark felt bad about killing her father, so he decided... I don't I don't know what his thought process was to go back to her, I guess, to rid himself of some of the guilt, but it was interesting, to say the least. And then you have Layla just getting pissed off because, she, and in her eyes, Mark's talking with an accent, and he's just has no clue about her and that she was his wife, and they've been on these adventures together, and they fought try and find the scarab and Steven's like I have no clue what this thing is and he's like I would never divorce you yeah he's so cute like this entire episode is basically gonna be me fangirling about Steven so I'm sorry about that now but that's just the way this episode's gonna be uh another one was in episode two when Mr. Knight first appeared that had to be one of the smoothest transitions from like normal self to suit that I think I've ever seen just for Steven to fall over. It would have been just like, I mean, it was cool that he stuck the landing at first. And then he just started shaking his arm and then he fell over. I was like, okay. Like, he's like, oh, that should have been so much worse than it actually was. And then they have Mark standing in the mirror, like, oi, Steven, what the hell are we wearing? It was so funny. He's like, he's like, I don't know how any of this stuff works, man. Like, give me a break here. Layla said I needed a suit. I got a suit. What more can you ask me? He's like, yeah, it's the conscious ceremonial armor from the temple. That's psycho Colonel Sanders. I'm sorry. I love like the second half of episode two. Like from like Mr. Knight on. Like I just I just love that so much. It's just a meme. It is the funniest thing ever. I have I have to give a little honorable mention to. Steven's felt like a butterfly, sting like a bee. My name's Steven with a V. Cause I just love that. Like I was, I was bursting out laughing. Like his new confidence. It's like, yeah, you're a mighty hard now. And it's just like thrown off his jacket. I was like, you go Steven. I absolutely love it. He is, he's just the most precious thing ever. Next one is in episode three when Kanchu gets in prison for turning back the night sky. He just did not care about, <laughs> he does not care what the gods think. You're like, I'm gonna do what I want. I know I'm gonna get in prison. Tell Mark to free me. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Then we don't see it eye to eye because I'm, you know, banished and whatnot. But they'll thank me later. They all pretty much got killed by arrow, so I can't really thank them later. But in their final moments of death, they're like, yeah, Kanchu was right. Arrow was bad. We shouldn't have let him go and believed him. I don't know why they believe some random man over one of their fellow gods. Like, I can kind of see why, because they're banished, so they probably thought that he was making up stuff. But you have this random dude just walking in here. It's just like, do not trust anything of this person that you've known for, I don't even know how long the gods have known each other. Trust me. I'm like, okay. Seems kind of dumb to me, but whatever. The next one was Mark getting killed by Harrow. I didn't actually think he was going to be dead. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, like... Harrow actually shot him, like, Mark is deceased right now. And then you just have that whole, that whole ending, like, last, like, three minutes in episode four, where Mark is just scrambling around the psych ward, and there's just so, so many Easter eggs to the past, 
little three episodes between the goldfish and like the statue guy that Steven talks to, the Layla eating whatever cubicle marshmallow thing she's eating. I have no clue what she's eating. And there's the, like the Moon Knight action figure. There is just so much stuff in there that is just all pulled from the last three episodes. And just when you think that you found them all, you find more. Like there's just so much stuff. Like they all just, just they just grabbed everything from all the past three sets and just threw it in that last three minutes. And it was fun to kind of watch. It's like a little Easter egg hunt. You're like, oh, found that, found that. There's another one there. And then they have they found Steven like separate from Mark's body. And it was the cutest freaking thing when they reunited and they were like happy to see each other because don't forget earlier on in the episode, you have them yelling at each other. You have Mark punching Steven in the face, which was the funniest thing ever because Steven's all like high and mighty because, you know, he just kissed Layla and I think it was one of the most awkward on-screen kisses I have ever seen. But I know it was supposed to be that way because I don't think Steven has ever kissed a girl before. And it was even weirder because it's Mark's wife. So I get it was supposed to be awkward, but it was really, it was kind of hard to watch, even though I was kind of rooting for Steven and Layla just a little, just a little bit in the back of my mind. Like I wanted Mark and Layla to, to figure out their relationship. So I was, you know, like the OG relationship, but I was happy for Steven that like a lover, cause you know, it kind of would be awkward if Mark loved her and Steven's like, I cannot stand this girl. And they had to like live with her and like, like they had to live with that. She's like, you have one person loving her in the next minute. It's like, get out. I hate you. <laughs> so it's kind of a good thing that they both like her because otherwise that would have been really bad. But it was just kind of funny because Mark's just like pissed at his counterpart, like loves his wife. And I'm like, to me, I think that Mark would like that. Like I thought that Mark would be like, that's a good thing. But I guess he was just fuming with jealousy when that happened. So that was, that was kind of funny. And then you have the third tomb, which I was screaming at my TV. I'm like, open it, open the tomb, it's Jake. And then they had, of course, they had to walk right past it. I'm like, no, <laughs> I wanted them to open it so bad because I'm pretty sure we all knew that Jake Lockley was behind the third one. And then I, I wanted to see Jake because like I said before, I don't read the comics. So I didn't know who Jake was until everyone on TikTok's like, that's the third personality. That's the most brutal one. And we're basically waiting for him to come out literally <laughs> of the tomb and we just didn't get to see that and i'm like no where's jake and my parents are like who's jake i'm like i'll tell you jake is and i of course explain it to them episode five that's a whole powerful scene in itself <laughs> it is by far one of the most like gut-wrenching episodes of marvel just to watch it was heartbreaking like even me who what like Obviously, I've seen all the episodes, all the shows, stuff like that, because I've made podcasts about them. But I'm gonna, I'm making an example here. When I first watch WandaVision episode eight, it's always the episode before the finale that just really just punched in the gut, doesn't it? When watching Wanda get the, I guess it's lease or whatever it's called, the paper from Vision about the house, and just watching her just walk into the empty space and then just literally just break down crying, that was hard to watch. And I like know Wanda and I know her story behind that. This is me seeing this person for like the first time and really just seeing their story. It was 10 times sadder than Wanda. Wanda, I'm sorry. I love you ever so dearly. But this was just so much harder to watch than that. Because at least Wanda was just like a grown adult. That I know I'm not saying it's not sad. I am totally defending Wanda here and not. I, her story is devastating and it's heartbreaking. 
I feel for her in every way. But just seeing a child go through this and go through that, like I know she, I know she went through stuff as a child. I know she had her parents killed and whatnot, but that necessarily wasn't her fault. Now I'm not really blaming Lark for Randall's death. It is Randall, right? Yeah, it is Randall. But he feels that it's his fault. Or at least he did until Steven said, it's not like you were just a kid. It's not your fault. It was just awful to watch that episode. And it's just viewing into the past of learning Mark's childhood to literally the day that changed it. And just seeing Steven there, not knowing what happened. And just watching him just literally have his, well, it feels like a brother him, Mark. Just watch and lead his brother to death was just awful. And then you just ha- you just see Steven just wanting to know what in the world happened to Mark. And he keeps just going up these stairs. And Steven, or not Steven, Mark finally stops him. He's like, do not go in there. I was like, I don't want you to see. Because that, I think Mark knew what if he opened that door. Like, he wanted to stop him from seeing that he was created and that he's not really, like, I'm not saying not a person, but he doesn't have his own body. Like, he's he's not the original person in the body. He didn't want Steven to see that. And then he also didn't want to see that Mark's mom beat him either. So Mark was just like, I, we need to get out of here. Like, let's just not see this. Meanwhile, Steven on the other end is like, we have to get back to our body. The only way to do that is to have the scales balanced. The only way to do that is to let me see what your past is. So eventually Steven just got around Mark and they saw... And then you just see Steven's just crushing. It just crushed his soul to find out that he was an alternate personality for Mark. And he just saw how easily the switches flipped from a third-person view from Mark to Steven. And Steven just literally is just having this awful feeling. He feels betrayed by Mark in that scene. Like, they get back to the psych ward. It's like, I thought I was the original. Like, you created me as your stress ball and stuff like that. And Mark's like... Did you really want to know that, like, we caused our brother's death and that our mom beat us and didn't love us and what like that? And, Steve, and that she's, like, dead. And Steven's like, what? That's crazy. I just, like, talked to her. So I'm confused as to who Steven was talking to then or who he thought his mom was because obviously we saw in the funeral scene for Mark's mom that, you know, they're at her funeral, but then... 30 seconds later, he switches to Steven and he's calling his mom and he's saying that he's lost. So I want to know who is Steven talking to <laughs> that he thinks is his mom? Because it's obviously not his actual mom because she's dead. I don't know who it is. And I kinda, I'm kind of curious to see. They never really explained who in the world Steven was talking to. But let me tell you, man, Oscar Isaac's acting. First of all, this whole show, this whole show is phenomenal. Episode five, fantastic. But that specific scene where Mark is just standing out in the street, looking at his dad, he starts just walking away and just literally just breaks down on his knees. Was phenomenal. It was just, it was just insane. The level of skill that Oscar Isaacs has to do that. And then literally just play Steven who's like standing right there too while it's happening. It was fantastic. Oscar totally deserves an award for his performance in the show. He very much deserves it. All right, now we've got past our, well, I mean, another powerful scene was of course Steven getting lost in the duet. I thought, well, here's the thing. I never, I didn't really think he was dead because the last time I thought somebody was dead was uh, Mo- Mobius and then he came back. So after knowing that Mobius could come back from getting thrown to the end of time, I'm like, oh yeah, Steven, Steven can come back from getting 
lost in the stands. Yeah, whatever. He's not really dead. So I didn't think he was actually dead, but I was very happy to see him come back. So then you have Amit being released by Harrow. It's like, yeah, whatever. We all figured out that that was going to happen. Layla, our little sneaky agent here, is getting in on the clan, and they have Tawadit saying, like, don't try and kill him right now. We're trying to work to get Mark and Steven back to you. Don't do that. And she's like, what? Why is a dead person talking to me? She goes, I'm a goddess, and I'm talking to you through a dead body. So what? Who cares? Just listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> the relationship between Tarawada and Layla was so cute because, of course, Layla's like, all right, I guess I need Tarawada's help. And she's, like, talking to a dead person. And you all say, you're like, Layla! <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, Tarawada, shut up. You're going to give Layla away. And she did, but it's okay. Layla became the Scarlet Scarab baddie that she is. Then you have... Our lovely, lovely scene of Mark and Steven getting reunited to go back to their body. You have Mark just literally just going. He's like, nah, I'm not cool with that. Why should I get to live in eternal peace and Steven just get lost there? And he literally just turns around and he's back in the sands again. So I'm like, was that a whole thing? Just like a mirage? Or like, what in the world is that? But they went back and then Mark gave his little speech about how he always needed Steven. And even when they're that young, you're always by my side. And I'm not going to abandon you now because you never abandoned me. And then he had one heart left. And he just put that in their hands, and then the, the gates opened up, and then the light shone on them. And then, bam, they're unfrozen. And apparently, Stephen heard all of it, because Mark's like, I gave a little speech there. He goes, yeah, I wasn't really little. And then they hugged, and it was really cute. And then Tarwetit just came and just bashed through the sand, and you have Stephen just like, hippo! <laughs> He's the cutest person ever. I love Stephen so much. He says the quirkiest little things. Like, he, is, he identified a hippo. He identified a goat. It's like, tomatoes. <laughs> I love him so much. All right, I talked about Layla becoming the Scarlet Scarab. I want to know. I I just could just be a rule from the comic books, but if the Avatar is a hippo, why have bird wings? That's what I want to know. I'm not bashing it. I mean, she looked really cool. It just looked like the Egyptian version of Falcon. Unless that was a comic book rule, I'm just curious. Because I know nothing about Egyptian gods other than what the show taught us, but the show didn't really explain why a hippo equals bird wings. I don't know. Whatever. She looked really cool in the outfit. Then you have Amit getting imprisoned back into Harrow's body. <laughs> Layla was so funny with Khonshu, just like, no, I am not being your avatar. <laughs> she goes, you made Mark and Steven go crazy. Why would I ever sign up for that? She's just like, no. And then they're like, okay, we gotta fight and then put, so like only an avatar can do it. She's like, no. And then she's like, what? She goes, yeah, okay. So then they put him back in his body. But I just want to know, how in the world do Mark and Layla know this ritual to put him back in there? Was it in like a book that they studied somewhere? Because they all of a sudden they just start chanting it. And I'm like, where where did you guys get that from? I mean, Mark's not like, Mark's, I'd say, relatively well-versed in Egyptian stuff. But Stephen is the one that should be, he should know it. But no, it was Mark in the body at that time. So I'm like, how in the world are they just rambling this off the top of their heads right now? <laughs> I'm a little confused about that. And then Conchu's like, kill him. We'll get rid of Harrow. We'll get rid of Amit. Yeah. And Layla's like, no, Mark. Don't do it. I for sure thought Jake's like, Jake would come in and he's like, okay. And then just leave to it. Because <laughs> he would. But Mark's like, no. If you want to die, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> he, in fact, lied about that. Because he did do it himself. And Jake did it. That was fun to watch. And then I just have literally, the last scene is just like, Jake finally get Jake in the post credit scene. You just see him just 
kidnap Arthur from his from his own real psych ward. And he's just like, oh, that's great. We're going to Big Limousine. And they're like, oh, there's Conchu. And he's like, Mark really thought that once we parted ways, we'd actually be gone forever. That's not the case at all. He's like, I want you to meet my very, very good friend. Of course, Conchu is very friendly. Uh, Jake Lockley. And then you just see him. He's got like, he, he just gives major Brooklyn vibes, which I think is where he's from. And like the whole New York thing. And then you just see him just shoot hair and then just drive away. I'm sure Conchu and Jake get along just fine because, you know, they're all violent stuff like that. I also think we saw Jake in episode four too. Episode four was a lot of the psych ward or... It's either... No. I don't know. It's episode four or episode five where they're like talking a lot with Harrow in the psych ward. And there was one point in time, which I'm pretty sure almost everybody's picked up on this now, but whatever, I'm still going to talk about it so I know that it exists. There was one point in time where they're all pretty much like, they're like switching back and forth kind of fluently through the personalities. And then all of a sudden you hear like this like New York accent, like Brooklyn accent just like come through. And we're all like, that's Jake. You could very much hear the difference in the voice between... I mean, I obviously could tell it wasn't Steven because you'd hear an English accent. It was that slight little difference that you could differentiate between Jake and Mark that you could hear him for a second. You're like, I guess there's some green meds you got here, dog. Like, oh, that's Jake. Jake would totally say something like that. And I'd like barely know him. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to characters. First up is my boy, Stephen Grant. He was just going about his normal life. He was working at a gift shop. He was just, you know, going through the days, getting lost, almost missing the bus. But he had a sleeping disorder. What he thought it was a sleeping disorder. It wasn't until he went to sleep and then just woke up in the middle of a field to hear Kanchu saying, you're not supposed to be here. He's like, yep, totally agree. Uh, that he finally realized that something was going on. And Kanchu was literally telling him to surrender the body. He's like, what, what body? He's like, what are you talking about? And then he sees the reflection in the mirror start talking to him. And he thinks he's just making stuff up in his mind. And he <laughs> he goes to the, um, he finds, he finds like Mark's passport. And so he goes to like the storage locker because he sees that he has a key there. And he goes inside the storage locker. And then Mark's starting to talk to him. He's like, I'm, I'm an avatar of Khonshu. He's like the Egyptian, like God of the Moon. He's like, yep. He's like, oh my God, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Stephen was not buying this. And then as he goes on his journey and he starts to realize what's happening, he doesn't really like Mark at first because he just thinks that he's just trying to take over the body and, you know, just shut Stephen out and Mark's invading his life and he doesn't want to be part of this. He doesn't want to go around, like, killing people and whatnot that. And he eventually learns to appreciate Mark, especially when they're, like, going back and forth. He's like, okay, take the body, Mark. I don't want to deal with this. They just, like, basically, like, hand it off when they don't want to deal with something. It's kind of funny. Or then when, like, one of them's trying to persuade the other one, like, Mark in episode three was trying to persuade Steven to help him with the tomb thing. And Steven's sitting up there. He's like, no, I'm not going to help you unless you give me the body back. And Mark's like, no way. You want this to be a bloodbath? Steven's like, well, <laughs> you're not getting my help then. They're both being so petty with each other. <laughs> it was so funny. He learned to appreciate Mark, and he is grateful that he is there. 
Uh, unfortunately, he learns the painful truth that he's not the original person in the body, and that Mark created him to be the happy side when times got bad. Steven learned how to work with Mark and use both their strengths to beat Harrow, and now they're just back to... He's back to his little apartment, and they're both gonna get along with each other now. Like, they're both speaking to each other much more fluently. Like, it's not Mark just trying to talk to Steven when he needs it. Like, even just waking up in the morning, <laughs> Mark goes, you live in this? <laughs> like, he's just commenting on his loft, and I was just kind of cute to watch. All right, now we got Mark. He had a horrible childhood. We could start off saying that right off the bat. But it wasn't really just always that way. Like this, the one, like I talked about earlier, like one decision just completely changed his life. And that shaped into the person that he is today. Between the death of his brother, his mother completely disowning him for it. But all he had was pretty much his father. And he didn't do that much for him. I mean, it's better than what his mom did. Like for God's sake, literally on the kid's birthday, she's like, she comes out of her room just like with a bottle of wine in it. She's like, you were always jealous of him. I should have known that you would have tried to do something like that. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he purposely drowned his brother, okay? Like, what in the world is she talking about? Like, it's rain and it's in a cave. It's not like she, he threw him into a pool and, like, held him underwater or something like that. Like, a cave flooded. He didn't really have that much control over that. I absolutely hate his mom. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. She, she sucks. I'm glad that she's... What? His mental health... Was completely destroyed <laughs> as a child. Like, his his mom, like, same with that belt. was just whacking at it until it's basically gone. Mark was tired of it. He couldn't take it anymore. So that's when he created Stefan. Steven was basically inspired by a movie that Mark liked. And it was a poster on the wall for the main character, Stephen Grant. Like, Stephen Grant has no fear and is always here. Something along those lines. So he used that character as an inspiration to let Steven take over his body when he needed to, mostly to escape his mother's wrath. And once he was older, he left home to start a new life despite his father's wishes for him to stay home. Like, he was literally begging for him to stay. And Mark's like, why? Like, there is no point of being here. She's like, she hates me. It's just, nothing's gonna change. Why not go out and make a life for myself without her? Like, it's gonna, it's gonna be better than this. Even though he despised his mother, he was still devastated to hear that she died. He didn't really want to be at the funeral. I guess he just wanted his father to know that he was there and at least probably bring some comfort to his father. Just, I guess, the having the thought that Mark was there and that he did care was at least comforting. Because his, his dad was up there in the windows, like, come inside. And Mark's just out there shaking his head, like, nope. It's like, this is the best you're going to get out of me. So you're going to have to deal with what you got. And... Eventually, his path takes him to Kanchu, and he, I don't know how much of archaeologists got to jump on Mark and beat him that badly that is to the point of death, and I don't know why Mark's first reaction was to crawl inside a pyramid to do it, but he found Kanchu, and Kanchu's like, oh, ha, look at this, a new soul, who's obviously good at fighting, otherwise he wouldn't be here, someone beating half death and whatnot. His mind is already broken by past childhood trauma. He's a perfect candidate to serve me. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve is just standing there like, dude, can't you totally manipulating you right now? Mark's like, you saved us from death. 
And Stephen's like, oh, that's fantastic just to be his servant for the rest of our lives. Like, this isn't really that great of an offer here there, Mark. But whatever, Mark took it, and now here they are. Mark probably thought at first that Stephen was a nuisance and getting in the way of their mission, which I'm pretty sure he most certainly thought that. I know Kanchu thought that. And eventually, once I, like before, once they started to work together more, he appreciated that he did all those things for him for all those years. Stephen was always with him, whether he liked it or not. And that's what Stephen said. It's a problem, and then I'm never really alone. And he finally learns to work with Stephen so that they can live their lives together. How cute! Overall enjoyment. I love this show, man. It was, it, it like I said, it had the action, and it had the love, it had the sorrow, it had the humor, all in the one. And it was a great balance with all of them. It's not like, well, I guess we should just throw in a love interest because, you know, kind of have to. But they like they they purposefully integrated it, and it was great. Like they just had a great balance of all of them. I love the connection that Mark and Steven had with each other. They were adorable to watch, even when they were bickering. Mark's like, I'll throw us off a cliff. And then Steven's like, if I need a recipe for a protein shake, I'll call you, man. <laughs> like, they were just so cute together. Like I said earlier, Oscar deserves an Oscar for this acting performance. It was great. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And he needs to be recognized for it. Academy, stop dissing Marvel stuff. Elizabeth Olsen just called you out on that a few days ago, saying that, don't bash Marvel movies because they're superhero movies. It takes away from all the great work that the people do behind the scenes. A thousand percent agree with her. Recognize Oscar for his work in this. I liked Ethan Hawke as the villain. I think he did a great job as Arthur. He very much portrayed, like, like Arthur was... He's, he wasn't, like, your typical villain, I want to say. He wasn't, like, this big, bad killer person who wants to just, like, take over everything. I mean, he was a little insane, but he was a lot more senile, I want to say. He was, he was much more on the down low. He's a very, he was a very low-key villain. He, he was very calm. He was very philosophical, which I guess is what happens when you're trying to release an Egyptian goddess. But, you know, Arthur was... He could be funny at times. I, I liked him. I enjoy the different type of show with, like, a whole new set of characters and whatnot. And I really hope we get a season, a second season. Especially now we have a post credit scene. Kachu's like, ha, they thought they were done with me. I think not. And I am very happy that they finally acknowledged Jake because I was very interested to see what part he was going to play. We saw him in the finale because Mark was about to die by the hands of Arthur and then a few flashes later and it's the total opposite. And Mark's about to kill Arthur. So obviously Jake had to step in there. I wonder how that works. Just Jake because that staff thing looked really powerful. I want to see what Jake's suit look Bro, that's the thing. We didn't get to see what Jake's suit looked like. Dude. <laughs> that's what we need a second season. We need a Jake Lockley suit up. I want to see it. His now I'm thinking about that. If someone wants to create a concept art for what they think Jake Lockley's suit would look like, just DM me on Instagram. I Avengers friend somewhere. Because I totally want to see that. That would be so cool. I should make like a contest out of that. Wait, that's so cool. Okay, I'm spontaneously creating a contest. I need all you guys. If anyone wants to make a concept arc of what Jake Lockley's suit would look like and DM me on Instagram, I'll pick a winner once I get enough submissions. And I will give you a shout out on my podcast for everyone here. I don't know when a due date would be. What's today? May 17th? 
How about I give you guys to the end of the month? May 31st. That's a two day. That's two weeks from now. I think you guys can do it. Alright. I know this was a longer episode. I'm sorry about that. Not really. I had a lot to talk about and I really love this show. I know I mentioned that I love Stephen Grant. Alright. That's gonna be it for this week's episode. I already have my Multiverse Madness one planned out. So that'll be coming soon too. Very excited to talk about that one with you guys. So yeah. I will see you next time. Bye-bye.